My brother Chris died in a car accident when he was 19. He had just returned to Delaware where we grew up from what was supposed to be a gap year between high school and college, which he spent sailing in the Caribbean and South America. He had been having the time of his life. I was 22 at the time and on top of the world myself. I was in law school in Chicago and it was going well. I had scored a summer job at a law firm downtown and was staring out the window of a high rise on LaSalle Street by the Board of Trade when my dad called with the news. At that time, I have to say, God and matters of faith were pretty far from my mind. I had not been to church in a while, and though part of that had to do with settling into a new place, I was honestly pretty focused on myself and having plenty of doubts about my faith. My brother and I were raised in the Episcopal Church in Delaware, attended Episcopal boarding school there at St. Andrew's School, and spent our summers at Camp Arrowhead in Lewis, which is run by the diocese. But apart from camp, which had always moved me in a spiritual way, I often experienced church as a formality. It was something expected of me. And when I had the freedom to choose to spend my Sundays in some other way, I did. On top of that, with some critical distance from church and Sunday school and mandatory religious studies classes, and with all the invincibility and confidence of a 22-year-old, I was pretty comfortable betting on myself. It's not that I had lost a moral compass or had turned away from the compassionate and hopeful Christian framework through which I had been taught to see the world. It was more that I had bought into a powerful illusion that I was in control. But when I heard the news that my brother died, I felt out of control. I remember feeling numb and angry, looking at people on the L train who I was sure in that moment deserved to live less than my brother. Why were they here? Why was he gone? What did I do to deserve this? What did my parents do to deserve this? It wasn't fair. These feelings were compounded by the fact that my brother was one of the gentlest, nicest people you could imagine. He was kind and quiet. He had an easy way around kids who were younger than him. He was a natural teacher. He was almost always smiling, and in a family full of type A personalities, he was the one who mostly listened and spoke only when he had something insightful to say. Finding out that he had vanished felt random and cruel and wrong. I could see no plan from God in this, no purpose in it. It took a long time to sort through those emotions, and I'm not about to tell you that I came to a renewed place of love and faith through the sheer power of prayer. It wasn't until 2005, a full five years after my brother's accident, that I even returned to church. But renewal did, for me, come from Christian faith and from love and ultimately from church. And my journey here to this wonderful community at St. Columbus was guided by a few realizations. First, there are some pretty important ways that humans are not in control. We all experience profound loss. We don't get to choose when. And we can be sad or angry or bitter about that, but those feelings will not change the fact that we are not in control. And from that realization, for me, came humility a sense that I needed not only to accept, but respect that there are awesome powers outside my command. And for me, that was a doorway into understanding God, because 
if I humbled myself to God and focused on those things that I could actually control, I was able to see much more clearly that it very much matters how we humans use those powers we have to help each other. And that God, by urging us to humble ourselves, leads us to build communities that we are, where we are willing to acknowledge our vulnerabilities, to lift each other up, and to remember what we can do to be God's light. A second and related realization for me was how much community, and Christian community in particular, mattered in my life. When my brother died, I arrived at home and my parents' house was swarming with activity. People were everywhere, cooking, cleaning up, helping with funeral arrangements, and then later on, pouring wine and cracking jokes, helping us heal. There were many friends who supported my parents unconditionally, but their church family at Christ Church in Dover was at the core of it. The community of Camp Arrowhead played a similar role for me. I realized right away that I wanted the camp director to be there at Chris's service with his guitar, and I wanted at least some part of the service to feel the way I felt on summer nights in a screened-in chapel in the woods with a breeze blowing through the Eucharist and candlelight and everybody holding hands and a Grateful Dead song woven in there somewhere among the hymns. I can't remember if they were wearing homemade tie-dyes and Birkenstocks, but there were at least 30 former or current camp staffers who showed up at the service, and our old colonial-era church in Dover felt like a chapel in the woods for a little while. It was magic. Over the years, I spent a lot of time reflecting on what my parents had done in their lives to build the communities that I was raised in, at church, at camp, in our civic life in Dover. And I began to see that a lot of what I had taken for granted around me was a product of a lot of hard work. And it seemed to me that this community building was God's work. And I wondered what would lie ahead for me and whether I would be so lucky to be part of such communities. When my wife Becky and I found St. Columba's in 2011 and began attending services at the Great Hall, we had lots of good feelings about the energy in this place. But I worried about the size of the parish and whether we could find a way to fit in There's so many smart, motivated people championing so many different missions and ministries, and we were just trying to make it through the service and into the donut line without too many tantrums in between. At the same time, we were meeting the parents of our children's classmates, making friends with our neighbors here in AU Park, and we've been blessed to forge great friendships and to find and build networks of support in our neighborhood and our children's school community across the street at Janney Elementary, and here at St. Columba's. But there is something different and very special about our community at St. Columba's that I realize the deeper our ties here grow. God is in this place, and not just because it's a church, or because of our ceremonies, or because of spiritual music, or because of our acts of service. God is here because the people of this parish bring God here in our interactions with each other, in our worship together, and in our service and generosity that we try to carry outside these walls. Too often in my own interactions with even dear friends outside the St. Columbus community, I find that my guard is up, that I use sarcasm as a shield, that I'm often talking or posturing more than I'm listening or loving. When I return here each Sunday to worship or lead a youth group class, I'm renewed and reminded that our great gift from God is each other. And when we love and serve one another, we bring God into the world.